What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of the Jazz Central Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Flannery. Thank you so much for joining me today as we discuss all things Utah Jazz, whether it be updates, news, scores, recaps of games, all that. I'm going to be the man to help you guys stay informed um, throughout the season and even the off season um, as things transpire um, for the Utah Jazz organization. Um, thank you so much for joining me, like I said, wherever you guys are listening from, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. Um, and go ahead and go follow our social media pages as well on Twitter, um, or X now, I should say, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, our name is Jazz Central. You'll find us on there. Um, like I said, with this being the first episode of the Jazz Central Podcast, I'd just like to introduce myself a little bit to you guys. Um, I, my name is Sheldon Flannery, like I said. Um, I have been a jazz fan for quite some time now, since the third grade. Um, my family moved to Utah when I was in the third grade in 2011. And the year after we moved there, I started to play junior jazz. I started to get really comfortable um, with the team, with kind of the culture of Utah. Um, And I just always remember being outside playing basketball with my friends. Um, It didn't even matter what the weather was like. We were always out there. And that's kind of where my love for not only basketball, but for the Utah Jazz um, began. Um, I remember my first jazz game, um, the Jazz give you free tickets if you play junior jazz. Um, you get to go to a game. And we went and saw the Jazz play the Houston Rockets. And that's when the Jazz had like Gordon Hayward, uh, Derek Favors, when they were both super young. Um, Al Jefferson, Paul Millsap, Damari Carroll, Earl Watson, um, and like Devin Harrison stuff. Um, and I th- believe... Um, I don't remember if that was the year that they were the eight seed and got swept by the Spurs. I don't remember if that was the year before or after that, or if it was that year. I don't remember. Um, but the Houston Rockets, they had, um, Kyle Lowry before he was an all-star or anything in Toronto that we all know him to be today. Um, Luis Scola from Argentina, Kevin Martin, and I believe Chandler Parsons. Um, I could be wrong on that one, though. But I just remember that was so much fun. And ever since then, I have stayed true and loyal to the Jazz. Um, and I've experienced quite a bit um, of emotion. Uh, lots of roller coasters of emotion. Um, as well as probably you guys have felt um, as being Jazz fans throughout the years. With so many different teams, so many different players and coaches coming through, whether it be heartbreak, whether it be sadness, madness, I mean, happiness, joy, any any emotion, literally, we have felt as jazz fans. Um, And I joke around, you know, when things are kind of rough or whatever in life, I always, you know, like to say, it's all right, I know how to do this. Because I'm a jazz fan. I've dealt with a lot. <laughs> now, um, you know, 
being a jazz fan um, has, I've dealt with a lot of criticism throughout the years from my friends, but you know what? That's okay. Um, because I, I believe in the jazz. I believe in the organization, uh, especially with what we have right now and what we're building toward. Um, because I feel like it's something very promising, something, um, that especially right, right now at this very moment, we can see that the jazz are improving so much in a way that maybe we didn't think that they would during this rebuild. And so there won't be anything that will prevent me from changing my mind about being a jazz fan or the amount of love that I have for the jazz. Um, but with that being said, um, we're going to jump right into it. Recapping last night's uh, win over the uh, Toronto Raptors on a snowy evening in Salt Lake City at the Delta Center. The Jazz absolutely blew out and embarrassed the Toronto Raptors 145-113. to um, And honestly, at the beginning of the game... It felt like it was kind of going to be rough. I mean, the refs were calling lots of fouls. Um, it was kind of hard to get something going for both teams. Um, they were kind of neck and neck at the very beginning. Um, and I kind of got nervous because I know how successful uh, the Raptors have been since trading away OG Ananobi to the Knicks. Um, a couple weeks ago, um, with having the additions of Emmanuel Quickly and R.J. Barrett on their roster, I know that they've just looked like a different team. They've looked more energetic. Um, I don't know. I just I feel like both the Raptors and the Knicks both benefited from that trade. Um, but last night, the Jazz, once they came out in the second half, the Jazz just didn't let their foot off the gas. Like, they really put their foot on the gas and just took it to the Raptors. Um, and, I mean, both offensively and defensively, um, the Jazz last night, impressingly, had 41 points in the third quarter, which was really impressive um, because, you know, like I said, they started the game off kind of slow. It was kind of hard to get into a rhythm with all, like, all the fouls being called and whatnot. Um, but once the third quarter, once I saw what was going on in the third quarter um, and just how much of a beating the Jazz were taking on the Raptors, my nervousness went away. Like, it was, I don't even know if nervousness is an actual word, <laughs> but my feeling of being nervous just totally went away because... Here's the thing that the Jazz have been doing so well. They've been doing a lot of things well. But the thing that has stayed the most consistent is their defense. I know Will Hardy has been really implementing that zone defense, um, throwing different looks at at multiple teams. Um, Like, for example, when we played Jokic and Giannis, um, we would bring in a double team every single time they touched the ball. And um, honestly, that's really smart. I think um, that applied more pressure to to Jokic and Giannis, and it was able to get them uncomfortable and kind of 
have to shoot contested shots. When you have Larry Markinen and Walker Kessler on a double team and they got their arms up, those guys have got huge wingspans. And so you really got to get that shot over them and it's hard to make anything. But it's not just the double teams on the star players on those teams. It's the the ball pressure, the constant ball pressure that Sexton, Fontecchio, and Chris Dunn are having on players. Um, everyone knows that Abaji is our best on-ball defender. Um, but we've just been seeing a lot better defense come out of the Jazz compared to the very beginning of this season. It's really interesting to, to analyze and think about um, because... You know, that famous saying, championships are won by defense, Um, which is true. Like, obviously, you have to have a solid offense as well. But what the Jazz are showing is that they can have the, the best defense on the floor. And defense leads to offense, whether it be fast break points, whether it be just being able to to get you know out and in transition quickly um throwing lobs to one another like we saw last night it just all starts with their defense and that's what we've seen from them um so i've been really impressed by that i know a lot of other people have been too um but on the offensive end the jazz definitely got it done um we had three players uh, who scored 20 or more points. Um, and Lowry was, he led the way um, with 22 points, nine rebounds, and two assists while shooting four for six from three, seven, 11 from the field in 29 minutes of play. Um, so, not like a crazy Lowry game that, you know, sometimes we're used to seeing like a 30 plus game with 10 plus rebounds or something like that but he was really efficient um like i said with being four for six from three and seven for 11 from the field um especially last game against the nuggets he didn't shoot the ball super well he was able to get his looks and whatnot um but tonight he was very efficient um scoring the ball uh colin sexton in 20 minutes of play had 20 points um, with five assists and two rebounds. He was 100% from the three while going three for three um, and 50% from the field, which is a really impressive um, stat line for Colin Sexton. We know that Colin, you know, originally isn't known for shooting threes, um, he's more of like a hustler, uh, got to get to the rack every single time. But last night he showed that he can, he can shoot the ball. Um, and I've definitely seen him feel more comfortable shooting the ball lately. Um, especially this season compared to like last year and, and when he was, you know, in Cleveland and in college, um, he, also just feels more it looks more comfortable in his role with being the shooting guard but sometimes he'll have to facilitate um but him and Chris Dunn had the same amount of assists last night they both had five assists 
And I think the one thing that Chris Dunn brings that Colin Sexton sometimes doesn't bring is just that calming presence. Like when you see Colin, when you're around Colin, he's he's energetic, right? When he's on the when he's on the court, he's a hustler. He's just gonna get scrappy. He's gonna just be a dog. And Chris Dunn, he, don't get me wrong, he's a dog as well. But I feel like he brings that calming presence as a facilitator that knows how to get the guys open or get them looks, um, the looks that they want. And although like his stats don't pop out, I think Chris Dunn is a very, very valuable piece to the starting five for the Jazz. Um, he finished the night with six points, five rebounds, and five assists. Um, while being three or four from the field. So it's not like he's shooting the ball a ton um, in 17 minutes of play. But he's definitely, like what he does just doesn't show up in the box score, if that makes sense. And I feel like sometimes that's the same way with Fontecchio, Olenek, and, um, and Abaji. Or even Walker Kessler. Um, because if you think about it, Fontecchio is having his best season yet. Um, percentage shooting the ball, he's one of the best on the team. Last night he had 13 points, was 3 for 5 from the 3. That's awesome. That's that's great. That's what we need from Fontecchio right there. Um, because if you think about it, we have a lot of of really high percentage uh, three-point shooters on the team. Um, I mean, we got Lowry, we got Fontecchio, Sexton has been shooting the ball really good. Clarkson has actually been shooting the ball a lot better than he has in a very long time. And John Collins is having his best season shooting the ball as well. Um, but I think that the Jazz, I feel like their identity is mostly defense and shooting the ball, like getting the looks, the high percentage looks, if that makes sense, like getting the shot that is the most accurate, that is going to just, I don't know, do the most damage to a team. It doesn't necessarily need to be a three-pointer every time, but just moving the ball around, being a team. Like when we saw Quinn Snyder as the coach there, his big thing was defense, moving the ball around, and also three-point shooting. And I feel like the Jazz this year under Will Hardy, I feel like they're somewhat of the same like identity, if that makes sense. Like now they are. I didn't feel like that's how they were last year or at the very start of this season. I don't know if Will Hardy looked at what Quinn Snyder did and is trying to implement that now, but it's really working. And I think it's also working because we have one of the best benches in the league, in my opinion, or at least one of the most efficient um, teams off of the bench. I mean, Kelly Olenek, Walker Kessler, Jordan Clarkson, Ochai Baji, and Keontae George. Those five alone, they do they do so much for us. Um, Kelly last night had a quiet double-double 
um, with 11 points and 10 rebounds in 21 minutes of play. I feel like Kelly is that guy that he does so much for the team and it just a lot of it goes unnoticed, if that makes sense. Like just because he's not flashy or because he doesn't have a 40-inch vertical um, or because he's not like the quickest on the court, I feel like Kelly does so much for the Jazz that gets overlooked but also makes his value so, so high. Like, there are a lot of teams that have benefited from having him on the team. I mean, even Team Canada from this past summer. He was the captain of Team Canada um, in the FIBA tournament. Because Kelly is also kind of that calming presence out there. He's that guy that is just going to do what what needs to be done. Granted, he isn't the best defender on the court, but he will help everyone else make sure that they're where they're where they need to be if that makes sense um now does that mean that kelly doesn't frustrate me no because last night he was kind of frustrating a little bit um because he just it just his play was so out of control um on a lot of possessions um although it shows up in the box score they only had one turnover um, he just was kind of all over the place with the ball and trying to do things with it that didn't look like what w- Will Hardy wants the Jazz to be doing, if that makes sense. Um, but he was still, in the plus or minus, he was still plus 14. So um, that's really solid. Um, and it looks like the entire Jazz roster, every single person on the roster last night that got into the game, was in the plus category for, with plus or minus. Um, and another notable uh, player last night that played good off the bench, um, I got to give a shout-out to Jordan Clarkson with 21 points off the bench um, with five assists, another high percentage of assists for Jordan Clarkson while being five of nine from the three, which is awesome, crazy efficient. And 8 for 16 from the field and 31 minutes of play. Um, And if I'm being honest, which I usually do my best to try to be, (laughs) um, Jordan Clarkson, if we get this Jordan Clarkson for the rest of the year, if we don't trade him, this will be a very dangerous team. Because the way that he's playing right now is way more focused on the team. Not so much as an individual, like on himself. Like, we don't really see him jacking up random shots that definitely are highly contested and probably aren't going to go in. Like last night, he had, uh, there was a loose ball. He went back, got it um, on the other side of the half court. Dribbled it back, shot clock was going down, shot it. Um, It was pretty deep. It was 30-plus feet, for sure. Um, And definitely, it's definitely one of those shots that only he can make, if that makes sense. But um, he, he sunk it, and I just think he brings so much 
fire to the team coming off the bench. Like when he catches on fire, like it's really hard to put that fire out. But right now he's been shooting the ball the best he's been shooting all season. Um, and also dumping it off to his teammates and getting them good looks. Five assists tonight, nine assists um, a couple nights ago against the Nuggets. I've been really impressed with Jordan Clarkson and the way he's been playing lately. Um, And I don't know what has gotten into him. I don't know if anybody talked to him or whatnot, but I love this version of Jordan Clarkson. And as a whole, I love this version of the Utah Jazz. I really do. This is a really fun team. This is really exciting for them. And I definitely think that this is a playoff team. If we do not make any trades, I still think this is a playoff team. I really do. Unfortunately, though, I don't think that that's going to be the case, um, that we don't make any trades at the trade deadline because Danny Ainge is going to do what Danny Ainge does, and that is he's going to mix things up. Um, But obviously that will be for the best interest of the Jazz. Um, And who will go? Who will stay? That's very, very up in the air right now. Um, Very, very up in the air. Because I think the Jazz are going to get a lot of calls from different front offices and general managers around the league about just about the entire roster. Um, But going over what the Raptors did last night, um, moving on to that, the Raptors have been playing a lot better um, than we've seen them play at the beginning of the season as well. Obviously not as good as the Jazz have been playing because nobody has been playing as good as the Jazz have been playing in the entire league as of late. But the Jazz, the thing I love about them defensively is that they, like, you know, you always think about, okay, we got to stop this player. We got to stop this player from doing this or that. But the Jazz, it's not that they stop players from, you know, doing things. I feel like they just slow them down. They limit them, if that makes sense. Like, obviously, Giannis is going to get his shots. Jokic is going to get his shots. But what the Jazz have been focused on is making it so hard for them to get those shots off but not only that but putting them in the hoop um and and that's what we saw last night again even with the raptors um and i was really impressed with the way that they were able to slow down scotty barnes and rj barrett because they've been playing really good lately um pascal siakam he had the best game um for the Raptors last night, he had 27 points, four rebounds, and two assists. But the thing that stood out to me the most was his efficiency, especially from the three-point line because Pascal Siakam isn't really known as a three-point threat. Um, like, he'll shoot a high volume of them, but not very much of a high percentage of makes. Um, last night, he had... He was five or five of six from three. Five of six. That's really impressive for him. And eight for 14 from the field in 30 minutes of play. So shout out to Pascal Siakam for 
um, really trying to do all that he could for the Raptors last night um, to try to pull out the win. But obviously, it's a team effort. And the only other notable player last night was Emmanuel Quickly, who had 15 points, um, three rebounds, but had zero assists. Um, everyone was pretty cold shooting the ball for them. Um, and so it, it's kind of hard. They have a very young bench. Um, like, you know, you got the rookie Grady Dick, uh, Gary Trent Jr. Isn't super young with Dennis Schroeder, but everyone else is pretty young, um, on the Raptors bench. Um, it'll be interesting to see where the Raptors end up at the end of the season. If they shoot for that plan spot or if they are more of trying to rebuild it'll it'll really depend on what happens with pascal siakam at the trade deadline or if anybody else gets traded from their team um but yeah let me know what you guys think uh what your thoughts are from last night's game um and how you think the jazz will end up um you know with trade deadline approaching um just yeah just let me know what you guys think um i'd really like to to hear what you guys have to say um you can you know uh you can mention us in a comment you can dm us on our social media pages um yeah just reach out and and we would love to to hear what you guys have to say um but just as we wrap up um this first episode of the Jazz Central podcast. Um, the Jazz have a back-to-back. So tonight they play the Lakers at 7.30 Mountain Standard Time in the Delta Center again um, in Salt Lake City. And it'll be interesting to see um, what the Jazz and Lakers, or just how they play because they're like neck and neck in the standings right now. The Jazz are 10th. The Lakers are 11th. Um, and the Jazz are 20 and 20. And the Lakers are 19 and 20. But um, the Jazz are favored to win, um, which as of late, they have haven't been favored to win in, in a lot of their games. And I think with them being the underdog, that has kind of been a plus for them. And so... Um, it'll be interesting to see what the Jazz do tonight, like how they come out. If they come out with a lot of energy, if they come out more hesitant or conservative, I don't, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, but um, as far as the injury report goes for both teams, the Jazz don't have any injured players, um, thank goodness. But the Lakers have um, they have a, quite a handful um, of game time decisions that need to be made tonight. Um, it looks like D'Angelo Russell is a game time decision, along with Cam Reddish, Christian Wood, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James. Um, and that those are some solid players that the Lakers really need in order to pull out a win tonight. But um, I truly don't see any reason why the Jazz can't beat the Lakers tonight. Um, they're just, they're hotter than fish grease right now, shooting the ball defensively, just everything. Overall, as a team, they just look so in tune with what 
they're trying to do in Utah right now. Um, Lakers, we'll just call it how it is. They look like a mess right now. They, they're not shooting the ball very efficiently. Um, and their defense is pretty poor as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they shake things up at the trade deadline as well. I know there've been rumors about them wanting to get DeJounte Murray, um, having interest in him, but, um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens, but, um, so hopefully Jazz can pull out a win tonight. Um, if you're wanting to tune into the game, um, whether it be on TV or by radio, um, always tune into to K Jazz, or if you have Jazz Plus, the Jazz Plus subscription, um, either one of those will work. Um, and on the radio, you can catch them um, at KSL Sports Zone. I believe it's 97.5 um, in the state of Utah. Um, so with that being said, um, we're going to wrap up today's episode of the Jazz Central Podcast with the question of the day. Today's question of the day um, is how long can the Jazz keep up with their win streak? And I think this is a really interesting question because the Jazz right now have won four in a row. They've been some really, really good teams. And, I mean, on any given night, anybody can win, right? They play the Lakers tonight. And on Monday night, they play the Pacers. On Wednesday night, they play the Warriors. All of these are in Salt Lake. And... They play the Thunder next Thursday in Utah. So I'm going to say the Jazz are most likely to break their win streak against the Thunder. The Thunder have been playing so good lately. We just saw them absolutely blow out the Portland Trailblazers. Don't get me wrong. It's the Trailblazers. But Shea Gilgis Alexander is going to be a superstar. He has been playing like an MVP candidate. And the way that that team has been playing together is something definitely... It is very impressive. And I would hate to see the Jazz lose because I think they definitely have the potential of beating the Thunder. Um, But it'll be interesting to see how that goes down. Uh, But these other teams are going to be a fight too. Lakers are not going to, you know, go without a... fight same with the Pacers and the Warriors Um, but it'll be interesting to see Um, so we'll do a question of the day at the end of every episode um, and that was today's is but let me know what you guys think Um, how long can the Jazz hold this win streak for and where does it end and against who Um, but thank you so much for listening to the first episode of the Jazz Central Podcast with me. Um, thank you so much for bearing with me as it being my first episode and doing this. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it, and I hope you guys tune into the next episode as well, as well as the Jazz game tonight. So I uh, hope you guys have a great day, and as always, go Jazz.